Genre. Happy New Year. And <laughs> oh, well, there we go. Speaking of unprofessional. <laughs> rule number one. Let's try it again. Good. Happy New Year and welcome to Rocky Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Rocky one minute at a time. I'm Doug Greenberg. And I'm Jason Haynes. And in town for one night only, a man who paved the way for the rest of us lunatics, Star Wars Minute's own Pete the Retailer. Pete, hello. Hello. I'm paving the lunatics. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good thing, bad thing. Pete's car uh, ran out of gas right in front of our studio, so uh, he came to ask if he can use the phone, and we said, hey, why don't you sit down for a minute? So so here we are. Right. Yeah, it's very much like a like a Scooby-Doo or a, uh, <laughs> like a, you know, Christmas special kind of situation. Exactly. <laughs> Christmas <me>. special. <laughs> oh, Kids, old, your new father's here. Like the Honeymooners, right? Remember right. the Honeymooners? Uh, yeah, that was a good one. Today we're knocking out minute sixty-six, which begins with Mickey holding a lamp up to his face, and it ends with Mickey realizing he has a tough hill to climb. Mickey's just chattering away here, talking about stuff that has nothing to do with Rocky, really. Right, which I think is great. <laughs> I think the, uh, I mean, nothing against Rocky, obviously, but uh, mm-hmm. like this kind of the pace of the, you know the fact that it just kind of takes a minute to have him do this, mm-hmm. that the, this movie breathes like this is something that we don't have enough of i feel not to sound like an old man but um but look at this uh, look at this scar look at my nose no um not to sound like an old man but like like look at you know the this kind of slow pace uh, not not slow slow but just kind of mm-hmm. enough you know this movie was a you know it, it was uh, it's tough to say it was like either an indie movie or an art movie or something like that but it was just kind of a low budget passion project much like star wars was in its own way and now it's hard to imagine those two as just this you know like here i made a, a cool thing instead of just this you know monster franchise that just keeps chugging along but, right. but yeah, this is yeah. a good, you know artifact of how this is just you know this is a small movie basically and it, it, the, this kind of black box theater scene is such a great like okay they're just gonna sit here and talk for a bit and it's great and it, and it fills out their characters but not not in a ham-handed way that you know Right. It's, not, it's not super Hollywood. Not to again that I don't want Hollywood to sound like a super negative adjective, but we we've been talking quite a lot about sounding like the old men saying, "Oh, back in the in in my day when they were making movies, uh, subject of which neither of us know a damn thing about, <laughs> or, but, or boxing, <laughs> or boxing for that matter." So this is a perfect project for us, sure. <laughs> but uh, the way they they let scenes breathe instead of shoving something down your throat you know they, they just don't do that anymore it seems like yeah every big moment they can't let it breathe they just have to put a exciting music bed behind it mm-hmm. well, because i think probably maybe the content isn't strong enough to stand on its own like this you know this you have two great actors here they're you know the the, the plot's great the storyline's great and it could just live by itself and you know that was one of the things i had talked about the other day about john Adelson when I watch the documentaries, they, everybody says like one of the great things about him was that he just let actors act. He just let them on the screen. There was a script was like a guideline just, and they would just go out there and he just let them play out their role and, and see what, what they ended up with. And he, what you have is movie, movie magic. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know, it's exactly that. It's just letting it, letting it be its own thing. And even, you know, I, I, I don't want to, I know I already brought it up. I don't want to be the guy who turns everything into star Wars, but <laughs> please, by all means, 
something that you know the original star wars had it had little moments to breathe and, and empire certainly you know had a few of those and and then it is had we had fewer and fewer of those for a while and now i think you know some of the newer stuff you know like rogue one certainly i think had some minutes to breathe here mm-hmm. and there and it's it's you know they're Maybe they're breaking out of it a little bit, but it's it's uh, epidemic, you know, in, in Hollywood in general. Yeah, I think that's similar to um, Rocky. I'm sure you know started going off the rails the further down the line they got. Right, and then Balboa, you know, Stallone tried to bring it back to his roots and and make it a little bit more like the original Rocky instead of these these popcorn big time action films like they turned into in the '80s. Do you think right. that somewhere along the line? Um, believe me that like the trend lately has been to remake old movies um i I just they're making the same movies over and over again it's just you know he changing this changing that i mean they've already done a remake a reboot of the karate kid you know do you think they're ever going to try a reboot of rocky is that something you think i hope not but i'm just throwing it out there because it's it's the thing now man yeah i mean Alex is always trying to convince me that they will eventually remake Star Wars. And that seems ridiculous to me, but I'm, you know, because I'm attached to it. Whereas yeah. if you just put it on paper and show it to an executive at one point, they're going to be like, yep, this makes sense. I don't so, know why, you, why you'd have I to. I think they will. To, what, like every, nothing's um, off limits, you're saying? Right. Well, what's saving Star Wars is is the fact that there's new stuff coming out. So there's no need to remake it now because there's new things coming out. And maybe that's the same for Rocky with the Creed series coming yeah. out now. So yeah, as long yeah. as there's new stuff coming out, they don't have to go back to that well. But eventually someone's going to come up with a brilliant idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared to think of that. I, yeah, I think that uh, if they can keep you know doing these kind of you know, in continuity reboots, essentially, like this, you know, Star Trek and, and mm-hmm. Star Wars and... Um, and you know, Creed is a good example of that. And there's a couple of other ones where they do, instead of just throwing everything out, they're like, all right, what you liked led to this, but now here's a whole bunch of new people, but it, it, there's a little string. You can follow a string, a very, very thin string from one to the other. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Hopefully that's, I, I, I always like that more than just a total remake, obviously. Cause it's, you know, it's a little more original, at least, even if they're doing the exact same thing, but just with a little, mm-hmm. like, you know making it part of the, the, the universe instead of crushing the universe and starting over that, I don't know. I prefer yeah, that. That's what scares me is because same thing with star Wars, like this universe exists from a to Z as, as far as what exists right now, it's all linked together. Now, if you start fresh and let's say you reboot Rocky or reboot the original star Wars, like you're, you're, you're throwing a wrench and you're kind of negating the whole string that's been done before. Right. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, that, you're saying that, that's not Star Wars. This is Star Wars, which we, I don't know. Maybe we're all too attached to it, you know, culturally. Maybe <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a different thing because they used to do that, you know, all the time. Like even stuff from like the 40s was often stuff from, you know, like the, the silent era remade and, and, you know, then stuff in the 50s and 60s was often a color remake of, you know, modernized color remake of something from the 30s or 40s. And yeah, that's all cyclical. It's not, you know, they, it's not like a new problem, but. I yeah, they've like, been remaking movies for as long as movies been around, right? Yeah, Cape yeah. Fear was was done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I grew um, up thinking that was the only one, then I came out, <laughs> came to find out that Robert Mitchum was like the original Cape Fear. Right. Um, I had a question about Mick's nose. Is that makeup job? Like, is that prosthetic? Like, where they did they lump on a, a crazy nose thing, or is that he doesn't really just look like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know for sure, but I I would think so. The ears too, like he's got right. bad 
cauliflower ears, and I think the nose is is intentionally busted up. It, okay. it, I mean, the ears look fake. The nose, it, I didn't it notice me a little bit more on the fake. nose, but hmm. uh, talk amongst yourselves, well, Jay. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I, I never noticed that. Yeah, I, I, would, I would definitely think. Uh, it still looks pretty straight in pictures of him from. Yeah, not the from this right. or from other stuff. No, no, I was looking at pictures of. I just googled Burgess Meredith, nineteen seventy six. Right, come with a lot of pictures of him. Well, that yeah. so is the I don't know. I I don't know how old you guys are. What your what your cultural experience is, but like, is this is this your your prime kind of reference of Burgess Meredith? Like, when you think of Burgess Meredith, do you think of Mick first and then other I stuff? Think, uh, well, Mick first, yeah, of course. Mick first, Penguin, second. Penguin second, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's Twilight Zone third. Yeah, the Twilight Zone is up there for me. Um, I, I forgot there was a point where it might have been Clash of the Titans because I watched that a lot. When I was <laughs> oh, <older>. yeah. <laughs> um, so that's probably the first time that I saw him, and then, but uh, I also forgot that he was the voice of uh, Galobulus, the, uh, the evil like worm leader from from GI Joe. Oh, was uh, he really? It was later years. Yeah, I didn't and, know that. As, as I was looking him up, I was like, oh, uh, yeah, Galobulus. <laughs> like, gee, I did a movie and then all that. And I was like, yeah, that's. That brings you back, huh? Yeah. I'm not going to say that. Of course, that's not my favorite, but that's a whole. Uh, that's a huge. Like, I realized there's been like a. There was a, a big chunk of, of Meredith in my life growing up. I mean, all that stuff. Yeah, I think we're, we're all in the same realm. Like, we're hovering around our early 40s. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> so I think our our memories are. I, I I forgot that he was in Clash of the Titans till till you just said it. Now I look it up. Yeah, wow, that was a good movie too, Clash of the Titans. Yeah, another one they remade. And the right remake was shit. And the remake was garbage. The remakes usually are not that great. Yeah, maybe one day. All right, so here we are. Yeah, here we are. It's back to Rocky. Rocky. Uh, like Mickey's Mickey's going on about his his injuries, which has nothing to do with the reason why he's here. And Rocky mm. pays no mind and kind of just walks past them. He already knows at this point what Mickey's here for. Right. He's read between the lines. He knows that Mickey's Mickey wants to piggyback on Rocky's chance here at the title. But I don't think he has the heart to, to just flat out throw him out. But he's showing him, like his body language is showing him that he's not interested. I mean, Mickey's talking about, what do we got here? We got uh, 21 stitches, 37, 34 stitches, seventeen nose busted 17 times. Rocky's reading the mail. And then right. when Mickey puts the, the light up to his eyes to show it to him, Rocky just walks by him uninterested. Like he's not, like you said, he knows why he's here and he's, he's, he's letting him have his say. I don't, I think part of Rocky wants to tell him like, hey, I know why you're here. Just get out of my apartment, but he doesn't have the heart to. So he's going to listen to the old man talk for the next five minutes, six minutes. I don't think it is. <laughs> just let him keep rambling on and rambling on. And uh, do you think though that if, if I know it wouldn't be good movies, but if Mickey just came to the door and said, listen, I know I've been a, an asshole to you for the past 10 years. Um, I know I gave your locker away, but uh, I'm really sorry for all that. Let's let it all bygones be bygones. You got a good shot here. Let me help you. Together we can do this. The Rocky just been like, okay, let's do it. I think you would. <laughs> yeah, probably. Because they make a lot of tr- time and trouble here. And Although again, they, yeah, if that was, you know, if this was made today, that might be what it was. You know, it would all be like a thirty-second uh, uh, just appeal. Be like, "Hey, look!" He would just come right out and say it, and then you know, Rocky would think about it for a second, and nod. There'd be like a little music cue, and that would just cut to the you know training or something like that. Right, right, right to the montage from here. Yeah, 
it would just be super quick instead of just kind of giving this, you know, little character exposition and, you know, the two of them, even though, you know, Rocky doesn't say a lot, it's also very like, you are getting a lot of his character because he's just this kind of like, you know, he's, he's not fully there. Yeah. And this, this scene, it started minute 65 last week and it goes throughout this week and it goes to minute 71 next week. It, wow. it, that's a full seven minutes of, of Rocky, of Mickey groveling to Rocky. Yeah. Mickey sw- swallowing the pride. Cause we, we know he's, he's in a, like a, a proud, just angry, bitter man. So, so this just coming here with his hat in his hand is, is an incredible swallowing of his pride, which, you know, he doesn't want to do. Right. And it carries on for <laughs> seven when, tense minutes. And when, when Mickey pulls the picture, um, he has the picture of him, uh, out of his pocket, the newspaper clipping of the fight and he pulls it out and shows the Rocky Rocky never looks at it. No. Never even looks down, doesn't even yeah. acknowledge that he took it out of his pocket. And the funny thing is that this this must have been a thing back in the day, carrying newspaper clippings of, of your fights and pictures of your fights around because Rocky did it in the skating rink yeah, with Adrian. Yeah. That's, my note is, where do we see this before? <laughs> <laughs> that must be what you did before iPhones or you shot all your pictures and videos in your phone. Are you referring to the last time he broke his nose was in his fight with Sailor Mike? Yeah. <laughs> Sailor Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I love these fighter names. Uh, you know, Pete, in the script, he says that this fight with Sailor Mike, when the last time he busted his nose was in 1940. Wow. So that newspaper clipping is 36 years old. <laughs> carrying around. Jesus. Not laminated or anything, just folded and folded. Did he just bring it today to go see Rocket? Does he always have it? <laughs> I don't know. Rocky had his articles in his wallet. Yeah, yeah it I seems so. like the type of thing that people he would just carry around. People used to do that. People did used to do that, which is bizarre. We talked about it in the skating rink scene where, uh, you know, most people would carry around. Well, now, you don't carry around pictures at all because you have your cell phone, but carry around pictures of your family in your wallet. Rocky mm-hmm. carries around pictures of his fights. Right. It's all he has going on right now, man. It's like his resume almost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rocky has. Rocky doesn't want to have anything to do with the article. Never even looks at it. Uh, he says uh, that Sailor Mike put this vegetation on, on his ear. Right. Is yeah. That, that's referring to cauliflower ear, I'm guessing. Right? Seems, yeah, seems like because he does have it, number one. He does. And uh, yeah, it's a sh- uh, old, uh, I guess, I don't know when the term cauliflower ear came about, but I guess that's what it's. Vegetation. Yeah. But cauliflower ear, it's scar tissue. Well, I'll tell you exactly what it is, Douglas. Okay. <laughs> there you go. It's an acquired deformity of the outer eel outer ear due to blunt trauma. It's very popular wrestles, boxers, and mar- martial artists. Uh, it's a lot of times called boxer's ear or wrestler's ear. When the ear is struck, a blood clot develops under the skin. The skin is sheared from the cartilage. The connection of the skin to the cartilage is disrupted, causing cauliflower ear or vegetation above your ear. So it's hmm. just getting hit in the ear too much. Okay, but not. it couldn't possibly happen by one guy in one fight. No, that's over the course of time. So Sailor Mike didn't give him that vegetation. It just happened over the course of his career. It also, the cauliflower helps you d- decipher who to and not to mess with when you're out at a bar. <laughs> you know, it's, if some guy comes by and accidentally spills a drink on you and he's got cauliflower, you just stay away. You just move, accept the thank him for the drink and you move along. <laughs> uh, uh, so he spots the poster of Rocky Marciano on the wall. And uh, yeah, God, it's a little weird to reference rocky in a movie that like because i you know not having the knowledge of history before that like you know 
Rocky Balboa, Rocky Marciano were just kind of confused in my head. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, like which one is real, which one is fake, what's the, you know, what's the story here? So like, it, it, it's weird to be, have this be, I don't know, a little on the nose to reference like, see, this is what we're going for. <laughs> yeah. What to think from this. Like a melding of the real world with the fictional world. Yeah, kind of. I wondered early on, because we saw the poster in like the very early minutes in a movie, and I wonder if Rocky adopted his own nickname from Rocky Marciano. Oh, that was a question? Yeah, no, it's just oh. what the conversation we had early on. Right. Rocky's birth name is Robert. Oh, um, really? Yeah, we don't find that out for, I think, till Rocky Balboa, maybe? Or Rocky oh, wow. Five. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm wondering if like, he adopted the persona of Rocky Marciano because it's stated that he's a similar fighter to Rocky Marciano, right? A hard puncher. He was able to take a beating and, and still continue fighting. Um, yeah, this actually, uh, there was an article I read about the real Rocky of boxing, Rocky Marciano. And it talked about um, Rocky Marciano and him being compared to Rocky Balboa or whatever. And the article was, well, it was whatever, nothing exciting, but <laughs> it's a tough read. But at the very end of it, it says um, there's a, a line where it says it was only through sheer because the Rocky Marciano was not very tall. He was not very talented, but he had heart and he was, you know, he had a, a, a he hit hard and he was able to take a punch. It was what he was known for. And it says at the end, it was only through sheer grit and in. Uh oh, and an indomitable spirit that Rocky Marciano overcame all his handicaps and went on to achieve such great feats in such a great sport. He was indeed the real hero of boxing, the real Rocky Balboa. So that was um. There you go. That's the uh, connection there. So here, Mickey tells Rocky that you kind of remind me of the Rock. Uh, he tells him you move like him, you have heart like him, and like I was wondering if like, like does. Rocky, even though he's pissed off at Mickey right now, does he hear what Mickey's saying, comparing him to Rocky's idol and saying, wow, the guy that I value his opinion most thinks I'm a similar fighter to Rocky Marciano? Um, I think at this point, it's tough to believe anything Mickey says. <laughs> he's, he's just he'll, he'll say anything at this, at, at, you know, right now. So I, I, I think you would want to be cautiously optimistic cautiously happy about you want to be like oh my god Mickey you really think so but at the same time you want to be you, you question his motives so you mm-hmm. you kind of just react pretty much the way that Rocky reacted you just kind of like so. you think so <laughs> you know it's I don't know or you tell him I got heart but I ain't got no locker uh, that was the first that was a good dig by Rocky I like it because he was waiting for you know this I mean this goes on well past this if, if you tune in for the next week and a half you'll hear the rest of it but um, this, you know, he's, he's waiting for, for the right moment to, you know, say something back to Mickey and he, and he did choose it. That was a good comeback. Got no locker. And it kind of just brushes over it like, yeah, all right. And then move well, on his Pete. If you, after Rocky says that his Mickey's face kind of, kind of drops a little bit. Uh, Rocky kind of took the wind out of him right there. You think he's realizing that convincing Rocky to let him join the team isn't going to be easy. Not as easy as he thought, I'm assuming. He thought he was just going to be like, look, I'm going to just tell you these stories, you know, and that works on everybody. <laughs> um, but, you know, Rocky's still just got his, he's kind of focused. That's his whole deal, pretty much. He's got his yeah. his kind of, you know, tunnel vision or whatever. 
and so that he's like, all right, well, that this isn't working the way that I wanted to. We got to, you know, kind of kick it up a notch a little bit. Yeah, because he does a small talk thing at first, and then from here, when Rocky starts throwing the darts at the door, he's it, it seems like a little bit more of a passionate plea. You know, he's like, I got all this knowledge I want to give you. He's telling before he's telling about his experience of fighting, and Rocky didn't want to hear it. Now he's like flattering Rocky by comparing him to Rocky Marciano, and Rocky's not biting there either. Like from here, the only place to go is just flat out. I don't want to say begging because he doesn't exactly beg, but no, but he pretty close. Yeah, he he. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I don't know. He's got to d- kind of go deeper, you know. Kind of, kind of uh, not prostrate himself, but uh, you know, kind of. He's got to change his strategy. For yeah, one. he kind of gives up a little more ground. Do you think that Mickey thought this was going to be easy, though, or you think he he knew? I don't think he did because I just answered my own question. I was asking myself that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I don't think Mickey thought this was going to be an easy sell. Because well, their last meeting, Mickey had the upper hand, right? You know, well, Mickey's had the upper hand in in all the meetings that we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he he might have thought it would be easier than <laughs> this. Mickey here is a far cry from. You know, calling him a tomato and asking if he ever thought about retiring. You should. This is a different Mickey here. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but it, it, those the past couple of meetings, Mickey had the upper hand. Mickey was, you know, Mickey. It's my gym. It's my rules. My way. Rocky was just nothing, pretty much. But now, you know, Rocky's obviously has a uh, something over hang, hanging over. Well, Rocky now is the the upper has the upper hand here. Mm-hmm. Now Mickey's the one that has to latch himself onto Rocky. Right, because now for the first time, Rocky has something that Mickey wants. Right, it's got a lot of begging to do, a lot of ass kissing, a lot of ass kissing. I just I, his approach is terrible. I, I really, I just came in and said, "I'm sorry." Yeah, yeah. How hard is that? Oh. Is he he might be too. He's an old man. He's a proud old man. Of course, you got to go grovel to like, you know, the, the the kid that you didn't think was good enough a couple of days ago, and you didn't want anything to do with him. You took his locker away, and you you, you told me you should retire, and you you know, you've been killing this kid for for ten years, and now all of a sudden. Tables have turned. Yeah. Tag everything. You've called them names. It's it's terrible. You know, we seem to have similar views on what is actually bringing Mickey to to this. I guess it would be a lowly state for him. What do you think? What what would cause Mickey to come to Rocky's house with his hat in his hand when it's unlike him, unlike his character, to come groveling like that? What do you think, Pete? Hmm. Well, I mean, pride only gets you to a certain point, you know, and then you got to kind of stick with. If you've built a, you know, he's he's got kind of an image, like a, a rep of sorts to keep up with. But then once mm-hmm. it kind of passes that, I, it's been a little while since I've seen, since I've watched the movie through. I got to say, I didn't have a chance to watch the whole movie. I just watched the clip and I know, you know, kind of where we are in it. But I can't, uh, I don't have the full kind of scope in my head of where this, how this whole thing fits in. Well, you but know, they like, uh, yeah, this is kind of where it turns essentially. And then after this, they're working together more, right? To, to kind of achieve the goal, if I can break it down into such basic terms. Exactly. Because before this, they've had nothing but like a tumultuous right. sort of relationship. And ultimately, they, they both need each other and they know they both need each other. Rocky knows that he needs Mickey to do this. Mickey knows that Rocky needs him. Mickey knows that, that this is his last shot at any kind of. You know, like we said, like he's been in the boxing for over 50 years and has gotten nothing out of it. This is his chance to get something out of what he's put his whole life into, but they can't do it without each other. And they both know that. And they're both kind of like uh, maybe being stubborn, I would say. Like Mickey's coming in kind of like, 
you know, beating around the bush, you know, his kind of weird way of, you know, trying to reel Rocky in and say, I'm sorry. And Rocky in the beginning is not having, he's not giving in. He's, you know, just, you know, throwing back the snide comment. I'm going to lock her. And um, he's playing hard to get, I guess, but they're both kind of being stubborn. And either one of them could at any point in this conversation go, listen, we can't do this without each other. We should just come together, get this done and let's go and be, be men. Right. Although that's interesting. Like thinking about it, breaking it down, like making it completely abstract in terms of plot, it, it's almost like, you know, like a romantic comedy or something. Like mm-hmm. this is the point where they're just kind <laughs> of, is. you know, like they are, you know, they're at odds and they're like, all right, well we have to work together. And then they slowly, their relationship builds and mm-hmm. like a buddy cop movie. Yeah. <laughs> the popular opinion over here is that Mickey, he, he's full of regret for his mischances in life. So he finally sees an opportunity to, to cash in on not, not cash in money wise, but you know, to, to get the shot that he never had. Mm-hmm. So that, so that's why he swallows his pride and, you know, mm-hmm. puts aside every, all, all the bad feelings that he and Rocky have for each other and come here with his hat in his hand to, to beg to Rocky to give him this shot. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that, like he just pulled out his thing, you know, pulled out the article. Like, it's like, this is not enough. Like what he accomplished isn't enough. Mm-hmm. He's going to yeah. kind of, kind of get on and, and try to achieve more. Try yeah. To get that, that bigger, that bigger prize with Rocky. Right. Right. The heavyweight title is the biggest, right. The biggest mm-hmm. title in, in boxing. You think? Yeah. History. It's just, you know, whether you get it as a, uh, Fighter, trainer, manager is you know. No, you're it's like winning a World apart. Series, man. Even the even the towel washer guy gets a ring. You know, <laughs> just gotta be, just gotta be in there, man. But but Mickey, uh, you know, keep in mind, Mickey opened a, a boxing gym, right? He owns a boxing gym, and he trains fighters every day. You know, I, I would imagine that if you own the boxing gym and your job is to train fighters, that you're like the biggest possible greatest one single thing that could happen to you is to is to ha- is to train a a champion. In your gym, is it go and say, "Hey, Rocky Balboa, the heavyweight champion of the world, came from this gym and fought here and trained here, and I manage him and look where he is." Like that's probably, I mean, like, not probably. That's yeah. pretty much it. If you owned a, if you owned a baking school, your best thing would be to to turn out the best baker in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It's a, it's just you want to you want to if you're a teacher of anything, you want your student to become you want to have a student who is the best, right? Yeah, I'm on board. All right, let's open up something. <laughs> <laughs> Let's train somebody to be the best. Uh, all right, I'm I'm out of uh, notes for this minute. Yeah, this is going to continue for a couple of days. So, yeah. Right. Well, going going back to what I was what I asked before about Burgess Meredith is this? Do you think when people think of Sylvester Stallone, do you think they mainly think of Rocky still at this point, like today, or do they think of Rambo or or Expendables guy? <laughs> There are dedicated Rocky people and there are dedicated Rambo people. So on any given day, somebody will say either Rocky or Rambo. Nobody's saying the guy from Judge Dredd. Right. Mm. <laughs> no, I, I think it depends when you grew up and what you grew up watching. I, I was never, I mean, I saw Rambo in First Blood and all of them, but I was never, I don't, I wouldn't associate with that. Right. It would be Rocky. Yeah. But, but we grew you know, I was born in 1976, which is the year this came out, but I didn't watch till I was, you know, a couple of years older. I, I can't even, re- I don't even remember the first one I saw, but, you know, I, I seen them all a lot when I was a kid. But like we always keep saying that, you know, a lot of people would say Rocky Four is, is the worst, you know, 
of them all. And like that was the one I grew up watching, man. That's the one I remember the most. And that was the one that was so 80s. And you grew up watching it in the 80s. And it was just, that's why that one resonates with me so much. So it, I think it matters, you know, what you were exposed to. But to yeah, me, it's Rocky. I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't associate any of them. You know, Burgess Meredith, uh, Sylvester Stallone, even, you know, Carl Weathers. Like, what do you, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to associate any of them with anything other than Rocky, Dylan first Predator. and foremost. Right. I, I was never a big Predator guy. Yeah, I feel like there's also a, a certain, I mean, understandably, because, you know, there's there's a lot more death in the Rambo movies, but it's like, mm. you know, Rocky was a more okay thing to watch as a kid. Like, they were like, like parents would be cool with you watching Rocky versus you watching Rambo. Which that's that's mm-hmm. yeah. true. And so, like, I feel like, you know, I obviously watched these a lot more growing up because they were on in places where I could get them more, you know, mm. versus, you know, your Rambos where somebody would be like, Oh, what is this? There's just people blowing up all over the place. <laughs> it's actually They're hard for me to people seeing Sylvester Stallone and associate him with something other than Rocky mm-hmm. is like, you know, to put it in terms that you guys, you, you two would understand more is like seeing Harrison Ford and being like, Oh, he's the president from Air Force One. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> right. It's just, it's hard to comprehend. Yeah, I, he's definitely my first, you know, that's that's what I think of him as. And then all the other stuff kind of fills in, you know, later. Like, oh, yeah, he was also the guy from Death Race 2000. But, like, <laughs> it's, it's mainly, yeah, that's Rocky. Yeah, that's, as far as I'm concerned, he's Rocky. Right. Well, and there was almost a crossover. I didn't, hadn't, I did, what, didn't think of it until just now when I was looking at my sheet here that the, there's this weird blip. I don't know if you guys know this. I don't know if I'm, I'm jumping ahead, covering territory that you you might get to at one point because it's oh, just please. a weird anomaly. But you're in, uh, you're uh, you're in town for one night, so so <laughs> yeah, it go. Um, and it, it's unlikely that you would be saving this for something because it's so minor and unimportant. But uh, going back to GI Joe for a second, there was a um, when they published the GI Joe Order of Battle, which was the kind of you know, the Marvel universe kind of handbook of GI Joe. It was like, here's all the characters and what their names are and what they do. And one of them came out and there was an entry for Rocky and everybody was like, what? And there was a whole thing. It was, his name is Rocky Balboa. He's from Philadelphia, but it tells a story. Really? And then everybody's just like, what's going on? This is awesome. Like, and then down the road a little bit, they basically printed a retraction like error. Uh, Rocky was not actually a member of the GI. <laughs> and it, no, no. Like it was a weird licensing deal that went awry because there was also at that time they introduced like the Cobra Boxer, and so it's uh, like they had set up you know this kind of deal that they had with Sergeant. Oh Stanley. yeah, he's part of GI Joe, and here's an evil version of him that he can fight. And it oh, looks like no they kidding. had set up Rocky to do that, and then something something snapped. You know, one thing went wrong in the licensing agreement. It jumped the gun with Marvel, and they actually had to print the retraction. Well, they printed like a, you know, like in each issue, there's like, you know, errors from the previous issue. You know, we oh, said yeah, this, yeah. You know, he used this gun, but he used this gun. And then it was like errors from the previous issue. This <laughs> character is not at all in this universe. <laughs> That's a shame. That would have been a cool yeah. little crossover. Yeah, well, it could have been. So maybe eventually Rocky could have fought Galobulus and, and uh, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone and uh, Burgess Meredith could have been reunited. Yeah, it's a bizarre alternate universe. Right. That's crazy. All right, I think we'll end it with Globulus. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> no, I mean we both appreciate you coming. Join yeah, us. thank you. Appreciate. It. Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks. For, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, we know you're a busy man. Um, as of this recording, well, as of the date this airs, 
Revenge of the Sith will be well underway. Yeah. We're probably, uh, let's see, we're in the middle of, uh, I think Seleucami has fallen or something at this point. So. <laughs> I don't want to pull back the curtain too much, but as of our recording, uh, episode one, uh, minute one of Revenge of the Sith just, just uh, aired today. So. <clears throat> Uh, today actual today yeah actually oh, okay. today, yeah yeah so congratulations on that thanks yeah uh, we're back <laughs> <laughs> so uh speaking of that why don't you tell the folks where they can find you as if they don't already know mainly i'm from star wars minute that's the uh uh the place where most people seem to seem to find me at where it's uh we go minute through minute just kind of like this except for star wars uh it's a movie that came out a year after rocky and uh, also, uh, I do a show called ABC Devo, where we go uh, alphabetically through all of Devo's uh, album tracks. And uh, I do that with a couple of other movies by Minutes Guys. And that's at abcdevo.com or ABC Devo on Twitter, etc. And, you know, various other things pop up from time to time. Yeah, um, you had the, uh, the Alphabetical. Yeah. Which was a podcast where you did all the Beatles songs alphabetically. Yeah. Because we were like, you know, let's get all that, like, we, we need to get go deep and get that niche market. Let's cover Star Wars and the Beatles. Those are things <laughs> that only a few people out there really appreciate. Well, I mean, I'm sure we have Devo fans listening. We have Beatles fans listening. So I want to, you know, put all your stuff out there so they can check it all out. Yeah. You can find me, you know, at Pete the Retailer on Twitter. And I'm, uh, I'm around. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, as for us, we are Rocky Minute on Twitter. We have a listeners page on Facebook called Mighty Mix. And our home away from home is mm. DuelingGenre.com where our episodes are released. And if you feel inclined to send an email, you can do that at RockyMinute at gmail.com. And uh, we're going to go help Pete get his car running so we can get him out of the neighborhood. Yeah, please. And- is it safe out there? I don't even know. I left, now, the, I left the radio on. It's playing Devo. <laughs> it is getting dark, so we better hurry up. Uh, as for everybody else, come back uh, tomorrow. We have a brand new guest that's going to round out the week with us. And we'll see you on the next Rocky Minute. <laughs>